Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. I'm Dave Lorenzo. Today we're going to talk about your finances. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, oh man, I don't want to talk about my finances, but you really have to. And here's the thing. You are probably a fantastic operator of your business. You're probably really good at what you do. And your business has probably grown dramatically, or at least grown a little bit, and it's thanks to your skills as an entrepreneur or thanks to your skills as a business executive. Well, there comes a time when everybody needs to grow up and they need to take their business seriously. Some people reach that point at the $50 million mark. Some people reach that point at the $5 million mark. Some people don't reach that point at all. And those people, unfortunately, have a really difficult time. Well, we've got an expert with us today who's going to share when it makes sense to bring somebody in to handle all of the stuff related to your finances to make sure you're really doing what you set out to do. And that's create a business that will grow, that will prosper, and that you can either someday sell or pass on to the next generation. So my guest today is my friend Larry Chester. Well, his name is really Lawrence Chester, but everybody calls him Larry. I call him Larry. And he's going to help us with these issues and a couple of extra things that I know he wasn't planning on talking about, but we're going to have some fun. So please join me in welcoming Larry Chester to the Inside BS Show. All right, my friend, welcome, Larry. It's great to have you here. Hey, thanks, Dave. It's great to be here. All right. So the first thing I got to ask you is 18 grandchildren. What do you people do at the holidays? How do you keep all those people in the house? What do you do? You've got an extra number in there. It's eight grandchildren. Oh, it's eight. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Oh, listen. I, you had I, my daughter scared there for a minute. <laughs> I just I just took 10 years and gave it back to you because you'd be you'd be working for a lot longer if you had 18. OK, eight is manageable. That I understand. Even still, as an entrepreneur, do you uh, do you find because you've been an entrepreneur now? We were talking for, I guess, 15 years. And before that, you had a lengthy career in the corporate world. Is is it? Do you enjoy having a business that enables your lifestyle or is it more stressful because you're constantly looking for the next deal or is it a combination of both? You know, it's interesting that you asked that, Dave. I, I think there's two things about it. First of all, I'm totally in control of the work-life balance. So uh, a couple of years ago, one of my grandsons called me on a Wednesday and said, Zadie, uh, which is Yiddish for grandfather, he said, Zadie, I, I found out that I can bring my favorite grandparent to lunch to school tomorrow. He said, can you come? And I said, of course. So I, I canceled the lunch meeting that I had. And nobody's going to tell you you can't cancel a meeting to get together with your grandkids. So uh, I met him for lunch. That's at fantastic. School. And it was great. And, and he still remembers it to this day. And certainly I do as well. Uh, and, but that's yeah. a that's a nice that's a nice phone call to get. That's almost that's almost as good as getting a phone call that you got a new deal. Right. So, yeah, well, really, it's a better phone. call. Uh, I like it. That's what I like to I, hear. I, I think, you know, the thing about being an entrepreneur that's different than being in a full time job is not just the control of your time from a work life balance situation. Because I think if you talk to any entrepreneur, any business owner, they're going to tell you they're working a lot more hours than they ever worked when they were working for the man, whoever that would be. Uh, but I think it's also being in control of your own destiny. Um, and that, that sort of swings both ways. Not only can I toot my own horn as far as successes that I have. But if I've had a failure because of a decision I've made, 
you know, there's nobody to blame but myself. Sure. Sure. And there's, you know, in in the entrepreneurial world, one of the things I found, because I, I had a, I didn't have as long a career as you had in the corporate world. I was, I was in the corporate world for probably 17 years before I went out on my own. But I found that when you're on your own, the learning is more painful, but it sticks, right? So if yes. I, if I, if I make a mistake or if I uh, get rejected, I learn from it and I don't make the same mistake twice. Whereas I tried not to make the same mistake in the corporate world, but it's a lot more painful, I find, when you're when you're an entrepreneur. Well, I think that's true. It's not just a matter of remembering them, but the you know, the consequences of the mistakes that you make are in your own pocket. You know, you're not looking around saying, Well, that's okay, I'm still gonna get a full paycheck on Friday. Because if you make a mistake that costs your business I don't know, pick a number, $5,000, $20,000, whatever the case may be. That's out of your pocket. I mean, there's no middle ground on it. Uh, and you've got nobody to blame but yourself. So you're, I think, a little less impetuous than you might have been otherwise. And you certainly become well aware of the risks that you're taking. Okay, so as as somebody who gets called in to help people with financial issues, how does that blend of knowledge? How does your corporate experience come together with your with your entrepreneurial experience to give them advice after you review the financials? Do you think your advice is different now because you've seen both sides of the of the fence? I think so. I think, you know, it's kind of one of those things about why and how I hire the CFOs that work for me. Because what I'm looking for is not somebody who's had 20 or 25 years of experience in a single industry. I I joke about it, and it's really very serious. I'm looking for somebody who over the last 10 years has had five different jobs in three different industries. I mean, I want somebody who's had a real blend of experience in different kinds of companies, working for different business owners um, in different industries, because the things that they've learned in those different experiences allows them to draw from many of those things as they make the decisions for the CF, as a CFO for the businesses that they're working for. If you've worked in one industry for the last 30 years, I mean, there's no question about the fact that you're an expert in that industry. But we've worked in just about every industry there is over the 15 years I've had my consulting practice, you know, from manufacturers to service companies to consulting firms. Um, and if I have a CFO that's worked for me and he's only been in the insurance business or only been in furniture manufacturing, I mean, what's he going to tell somebody who owns an, who owns a, you know a gas supply company or is a consulting firm? He doesn't have any real on-the-ground experience to be able to give them. So I think having that breadth of experience is really important. And I think that's one of the things that really separates us from a lot of people out there. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that you brought that up. How, how does, in addition to industry experience, how does personality come into it? Do you, uh, do you try to look at your team and, and you talk to the client, you'd maybe do a discovery session with the client and say, well, I can't, you know, this person would be good, but I can't put them in there. They're a different type of person. Does personality ever come into play? Oh, of course it does. Um, It's not only finding the CFO that has the relevant experience in industry and business to be able to uh, apply his experience to the problems that I hear the business owner has when we have that initial phone conversation, but it's also a matter of having somebody who has the personality to be able to mesh well with the business owner. If, If I have to 
pull and drag information out of the business owner. I know that a CFO who is really analytical and is going to dig at the numbers and isn't going to worry about schmoozing about last weekend's football game is going to be perfect there. On the other hand, I have business owners who want to talk to me about family and about how their best uh, employee just had another grandchild or just sending somebody off to college or whatever the case would be. I've got to put somebody in there who not only knows the business, because all the CFOs that work for me are technically competent, but not only knows the business, but also is going to be able to sit and have a schmooze with them mm. for a couple of minutes in the morning before they start doing work. Sure, sure. Let's talk about uh, size of business. And because one of the things that I think of when I think of bringing in, a, you know, a, either a fractional CFO or somebody on a per project basis to, to help me with, a, with finances or to help me get my finances ready for, you know, I'll go to look to go out and look for lenders and that, that sort of thing. What size business makes the most sense? I think people have this, uh, this preconception that it has to be a really big business, but from talking to you, I know that's probably not the case, right? It could be any size. Yeah, really, that's true. And I think the key is not the size of the business or the complexity of it, but the decisions that they have to make. Um, every business owner needs to understand their costs. They need to understand their cash flow when they're going to have cash and whether they're going to have enough cash to cover payroll on Friday. And they need to understand what decisions they make today are going to have implications down the road. They need to have financial statements that give them the information that allow them to make those decisions tomorrow that are going to drive profitability. And that doesn't make a difference whether they're doing $2.5 million a year or $25 million a year or $250 million a year. Um, we had a business owner we worked with for about six months who was doing two and a half million dollars a year. He was a label printer, specifically printed labels for pharmaceutical companies. And his goal was to buy a piece of equipment that was more automated. Well, he had a salesman telling him, well, of course you can afford this. You know, it's a million dollar piece of equipment. You can afford it. We'll give you financing for 20 years. It's no big deal. Well, he didn't know whether it was really right or not. And mm. yet we were able to do a cost analysis for him that showed him that he needed to be able to achieve a certain sales level with a certain profit margin on equipment, on jobs that were coming off of that piece of equipment to be able to pay for it effectively. And that gave him information that allowed him to say, okay, am I taking a real chance to be able to get this because I don't think I'm going to be able to get that kind of business, that much business over the next couple of years? Or is this something that, well, no problem. I know I've got that business. I can do it. So here's a two and a half million dollar business that came to us for a specific need. And we were able to give him the guidance to be able to do that. And I found that that's true all the way up the ladder. It doesn't make any difference whether the business is a $10 million business or a $40 million business. The issue is really how much information they're going to need from us and how frequently they want to ask us questions and talk to us about the issues that they're facing. Okay. Sometimes the business owner is just looking for somebody to tell him whether his financials are heading him in the right direction, whether there's anything going wrong that he should pay attention to. And in that particular case, you know, a couple, you know, a day, a month is more than enough to fill his need. That's where and I was other- going. Yeah, yeah, that that's where I was going with this. So are we, so you will do, you can do, a project you could do an occasional like a you know like a one day a month come in and check up on the financials or you can do you know full-blown will be your outsourced cfo it doesn't all those all those scenarios would work for you 
Yeah, absolutely. I, we try to work on a retainer basis with our clients so that for a fixed monthly fee, we'll provide them with a group of services. And we have certainly different levels of service that we can provide along that. But, you know, the minimum is one day a month. Mm -hmm. And the issue is that with less than one day a month, we really can't look at their financials and talk to them and give them advice going forward. But we have some clients we see two days a week. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly a larger company, but the owner has made the decision that he doesn't want to hire a full-time CFO. He wants the opportunity to be able to use somebody as he needs them and not be in a position where he has that long-term commitment to a full-time employee. Now, I realize every situation is different, but what size does a company need to be? Because you know from your experience of working in companies like this, what size does a company need to be when they need somebody they got to hire somebody and have them there full time. What size company? I, again, every company is different, but what size would you say is, is where you should start thinking about hiring a full time CFO? You know, it's kind of interesting because it really varies with the complexity of the business. I think if a business is growing, if there's a business that's a startup and they're growing fast and they've got funding, certainly hiring a CFO within the first year or two years of their operation is one thing. But a business has been ongoing. I think by the time you get to 20, $25 million a year on a general basis, I think that's a good place where a business owner, if he's making a decent amount of money, should be able to afford to get that advice from uh, a CFO on an ongoing basis. But we've had clients that were 50, 75. I've got a client right now who's a construction company. They're a nationally based electrical contractor. They're doing $110 million a year of sales, and we are their fractional CFO. They don't have a full-time CFO, and oh. the owner doesn't want one. Okay, let's talk uh, about um, specific things that are that business owners think they can handle on their own, and a CFO can really enhance the process. What I'm thinking about, and I'm sure you have other ideas, but what I'm thinking about is going out and shopping for a line of credit or shopping for some sort of a loan, right? I'm a business owner. I can do that. I, I can look around and check rates and stuff like that. But I mean, if you come in and make sure my books are on point and then you talk to the bank, you speak the same language they speak, right? Talk about how it's better to have somebody like you or your team come in and get everything ready and then prepare the applications and then talk to the bank on behalf of the business owner. Well, I think the interesting thing is that certainly it's our experience in dealing with the financial side of things. You know, getting a loan at a bank, a line of credit at a bank is not like going out and shopping for an auto loan, okay? Um, you really need to be able to tell the story. You need to be able to show the bank that you have the ability, not just the assets within the business, but you have the management skill to be able to run your business. And you can show a progression of how you've been profitable for a period of time and that your financials accurately reflect what's happening you know, in the business on an ongoing basis. I, I think that certainly business owners can come to a bank and on their own can uh, negotiate for a bank uh, loan, a line of credit. But I think certainly having a CFO who is familiar with the numbers and familiar with working with banks, we know what the things are that you're going to want in that line of credit. We can help a business owner understand what kind of line of credit he should need um, because it's not just a matter of getting the most money you possibly can. If you, know, if you have the capability of borrowing $10 million, let's say, but you only really need $5 million, why would you get a line of credit for $10 million? 
the bank charges you for that availability, even if you're not going to use it. So the issue of understanding what your working capital needs are and what your line of credit needs are, I think is something that a CFO can help you understand and can work with the bank to get you the right number and the right covenants that will allow you to report uh, to them on a regular basis and, and meet their needs, the bank's needs, without running into trouble. Yeah, and also I think your equipment financing example was was a was a great case study for this exact thing, right? So you're going to go out and buy a piece of equipment. How much do you need to do in revenue to pay off that piece of equipment? Let's talk about something that may be a little bit different, but where your particular skill set or the skill sets of your team can really come in handy. You're maybe you're expanding and you want to add to your sales team, right? You want to add three additional people and you think to yourself, well, I'm just going to do a quick back of the envelope calculation and let me see these three people. All I need to do is sell 50 more widgets a month and I'm okay. But then when you bring Larry in and his team, Larry's going to tell you, well, wait a minute, there are all sorts of other costs, right? Talk a little bit about that. When it comes to expansion, you're adding a new branch or adding team members. How can you and your team be helpful in looking at some of the costs associated with that? Well, I think that's interesting because since we've had experience in this area over a number of years, we come up with alternatives that the business owner may not think of. So, for instance, we had a client who sold compressed air systems to manufacturing companies. And uh, they had expanded into Milwaukee and had done a nice job in building a branch office there. And they decided they wanted to build another branch, expand into another area. And so they were looking at Minneapolis. And they, they asked us to help them shop for a company to buy in Minneapolis. So we worked with them and we found a number of companies and found a company that was really doing well and the business owner wanted to sell. And he wanted one point. He wanted $1.8 million for his business. Now, I'm not going to sit here and judge whether that was the right wrong number or the wrong number, but we did a quick analysis and said, now, wait a minute, you have experience in building these businesses. You did it in Milwaukee. You did it in Chicago. Why don't you just move somebody up to Minneapolis, rent a small storefront, bring up a service team from Chicago that can work there and just start from scratch and build a business right there? Well, that total investment was somewhere in the range of $600,000. And they were net income, uh, they were cash flow positive within a year. And they saved themselves $1.2 million of capital expenditure. I mean, they never thought that they'd be able to build a branch office themselves and get it started. They thought the only solution for them was to buy an existing business. And certainly they could have done that, but it would have been a much more expensive alternative for them. You see, that's a business school buy or build case study right there, folks. And while I would have known that it was a business school buy or build case study, I wouldn't have worked through the case. I would have called Larry to work through the case because that's not what I do. <laughs> All right. So now I want to I want to talk to you about, um, you know, we, we talk it's it's easy to do to, to think of you to do an analysis when we're buying um I don't know, like uh, furniture as fixtures or equipment, right? It's easy to think of you when you're doing kind of a kind of a buy or build case study. I think another time when it makes sense to bring you in, and you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, is if you are considering 
entering into perhaps a new line of business. So in my case, let's say my best client comes to me and he says, hey, you've been making red widgets forever for us. We really need green widgets, but I have to, you know, that's going to involve retooling and, you know, perhaps even, you know, doing a redesign of some systems. I'm not sure how long it's going to take me to break even or make money on that. And, you know, I got a bookkeeper and maybe my bookkeeper is great at making sure everything stays clean as far as my financial statements, but he or she's not equipped to do that kind of an an analysis. I'm not going to hire and pay a CFO to do that analysis. I just call you and you can come in and do that sort of thing. Well, this is one of the things we do on an ongoing basis for our existing clients, and we can certainly do it on a project basis. But uh, our goal is really to work as a trusted advisor for the business owner so that we're always there to be able to answer their questions. And I think understanding how the business operates and what the business owner's long-term goals are are certainly key to providing the right level of services for them. And one of those services is certainly that financial planning for the business, creating a business model that allows you to go in and say, well, what happens if the sales over a period of time are this much? What if our sales, uh, what if we have to squeeze our margins because of additional competition that comes out? What happens if we have additional service and maintenance that we need to do on this machine? What is going to be our uptime? Um, we obviously can't operate at 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So what is the realistic amount of production that we can get out of that machine? And how can we take a look at some variances and some variables and say, well, this is the least amount of sales we need to be able to make this work. This is the most amount of sales we can possibly get out of it. And somewhere in the middle is probably the more realistic side of it. But you need to be able to understand that break-even And you need to be able to understand what the max potential is so that from a sales perspective, you know what you can sell. And putting together that financial model is really key to what we do. And that dovetails off of financial reporting that we do for any business. You get financial statements, you need to understand what your cost of operation is. You need to understand what your labor costs are. You need to understand what your overhead expenses are. And you need to understand how all those things fit together to operate the company. So when you buy that new piece of equipment, what does that mean in terms of space utilization? What does that mean in terms of additional staff that you need? What does that mean in terms of the types of business you can get from your customers? Does that mean you add new clients or just expand the products that you can sell to your existing clients? Those are all part of that analysis. And because of our experience, we can provide some real strong assistance into the variety of things that can change when you want to expand your business. All right. So I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to give it a little bit of thought. And then when we come back, you can uh, explain to us exactly what the best way to go about handling this particular scenario is. I want you to talk about... When, when we come back, I want you to talk about labor cost. And I, I, so many people struggle with bringing on uh, an additional level of management or perhaps bringing on uh, someone to manage an area that the business owner doesn't have a particular strength. So I want you to um, explain to the folks who are listening, the folks who are watching, how you would do, what type of an analysis you would do. And, I, and again, we're not talking about a, a very specific business here. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be kind of a, you know, a, a back of the envelope type calculation. But explain to folks how to do the analysis of 
whether it makes sense to bring in someone to, let's say, bring in a sales manager when the entrepreneur was the person who was selling himself. And now he's at a level where, you know, the operations has become significantly complex, where he's either going to bring in an operations person or bring in a salesperson. Let's talk about how you do that analysis. And let's do that in just one minute. Right now, I want to remind folks that our show is brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. For over 35 years, Sandrowski has been helping people with really complex, really sophisticated accounting issues. The type of thing I like to talk about when I talk about Sandrowski Corporate Advisors is an exit event for your business. So let's say you have a small business and, you know, I hate the term small business because in your mind, there's no business that's small if it's yours. But in the eyes of, let's say, the government and the tax code, there is something called a qualified small business exemption. And this is an area of the tax code that just about every accountant, if you ask them, will say they're familiar with it, but very few accounting professionals have applied this area of the tax code. Well, a couple of years ago, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors did a deep dive into this area of the tax code, and they really became experts. And for the last four years, they've been helping business owners save a huge amount of capital gains taxes when they exit their business. But here's the thing. They have to help you make sure your business is positioned correctly at least five years in advance. If you haven't structured your business a certain way, you're not able to take advantage of the qualified small business exemption. So the best time to structure your business the proper way would have been when you formed your business. However, you didn't know Sandrowski then, so maybe you did it by dumb luck. Well, in case you didn't, give Sandrowski a call today and they can help you look at the structure of your business and you have to be in certain industries to take advantage of this, but why not give these guys a call and see what they can do to restructure your business so that if you have an exit event that's five years or more in the future, you will be able to retain more of the windfall that you deserve from the sale of your business. Here's what you need to do. Give Sandrowski Corporate Advisors a call. Their number is 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Tell them that you heard about the Qualified Small Business Exemption on the Inside BS Show. Tell him that you heard about it from Dave Lorenzo. After Harry Sandrowski falls out of his chair and goes, oh my gosh, Dave actually told somebody about that. He will help you restructure your business so that you can take home more of the money that comes from the sale of your business. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors is a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. I want to give you a free guide to business development. So you're a CPA, you're a lawyer, you're a consultant, you're a, an architect. You want to build your business. Here's what I'd like you to do. Go to revenueroadmapguide.com, revenueroadmapguide.com. That's a website. Enter your contact info, and you'll be able to download for free my guide to business development. It's the same one I use with my clients, the people that I coach. You can download that guide and customize it, and you'll have a business development plan that will allow you to build your book of business. Now, if you're a lawyer, let's say, and you perhaps don't want to stay at your firm forever. I know you love your firm, but you don't want to stay there forever. Having a book of business that's portable, people that know you, like you, and trust you, and will follow you to a different firm, puts you in the driver's seat when you're looking to negotiate your compensation. So go to revenueroadmapguide.com, 
download my free business development plan. It's my gift to you. It's Larry's gift to you for watching our show today, for listening to the podcast. So thanks for joining us. Okay, Larry, so I'm a business owner and my, uh, you know, the, I, I own the proverbial widget factory and the widgets are flying off the shelves and I gotta make a decision. Do I bring in an operations person or do I bring in a salesperson? And, you know, my strengths are probably on the sales side, but I call you and I go, hey, Larry, uh, how do I figure this out? Is there an analysis, a financial analysis you could do that could help me make that decision? I think things like that become strategically oriented. And so we certainly work with business owners in putting together strategic plans. And one of the things that we face all the time is that ongoing question of scalability. You know, as a business is growing, how do you decide what staff you need to add and what staff you should add when and when you should add that staff? So I, I like to say that when a business owner starts a business, when an entrepreneur starts a business, they're wearing 25 different hats and their first job is to get rid of as many of those hats as they possibly can. Well, the question is, what is the one hat that you want to wear more than anything else? And I can tell you quite honestly that in the 15 years I've had my business, that's changed over time. When I started my business, there was one thing I wanted to do. I wanted to work as a CFO, helping as many business owners as I possibly could. Then I got to a point where I said, wait a minute, I, I can only do so much work on a regular basis. So I decided I want to hire other CFOs to work for me. And I enjoyed doing the bookkeeping and the financial work for my own business because I enjoyed watching it grow. But that wasn't helping my business grow. So I hired a bookkeeper to do my own bookkeeping. And then I got to the point where I hired an administrative assistant to manage my calendar. Well, all these things are costs to the business, but what did that allow? That gave me freedom to do the things that I really wanted to do. It gave me freedom to go out and talk at meetings and explain to people what was important about running their businesses from a financial perspective. It gave me the opportunity to go out and network and meet other business owners and other business consultants that could promote our work to their clients and provide us with additional business to grow. It allowed me the opportunity to do other things that I enjoyed doing more than doing bookkeeping, more than working for a client. Um, you know, working in a position where I was training my CFOs to do the work for our clients the same way that I did it so that we had a corporate approach to running our business. I just don't have random CFOs that I pull in off the street and send them out to work at a client. I know how I want them to interface with that business owner. And that is the CFO simplified approach to being a consultant for a business, being a consulting CFO. And so allowing yourself that scalability, being able to find people to do those jobs that you no longer want to do, that's an important thing. So I think, you know, I, I, I understand that you have many points of differentiation, many things that separate you from other companies that are similar to you. But what you just described, the, the business insight that you just described, it's the thinking behind the numbers that really makes you different. And it's not just the thinking, it's that you've been there and you've seen it and you've done it and you're hiring people who are like you in that regard, who have been there, who have seen it and who have done it. I mean, I'll, I'll be candid with you. I talk to a lot of fractional CFOs or, you know, temporary CFOs or part-time CFO, whatever they want to call themselves. I also talk to a lot of accountants and, you know, doing the reporting, doing the numbers or being focused on a specific area like tax avoidance, 
that's a you know that's a niche market that's a specialty but understanding the business really knowing what's behind the numbers i i gotta tell you larry i get the impression that that's what makes you different from other people that's certainly what makes you different than hi just hiring an accountant or in a bigger business a controller right so i mean am i am i way off on that or is that is that no, actually, you're not. That's right on the nose. I mean, the question is not what are the numbers telling you? The question is what is going on behind the numbers? You know, the interesting thing is you can't change the income of a company by moving numbers around on the income statement. Everything that happens in a company flows down to the financial statements in one way, shape, or form. You change the financial numbers, you change the financial reports by changing how a business is operating. And so everybody that works for me, all the CFOs that work for me, have operational finance experience behind them. They have worked on the production floor. They've worked in consulting companies. They have worked for companies that they have allowed them to make changes within the business so that they can see the end result of what's happening on the bottom line. That's where it is. If you get the right financial reports, if your financial reports are structured properly, I promise you that I can dig into it and tell you how long it took your janitor to sweep the the factory floor at the end of the day, every day, okay? So if you're just looking at sales and cost of goods sold, what, what are you going to change mm -hmm. that's going to drive profitability? You've got to take a look at how that product is coming in, how long it's sitting on the shelf, what your margin is, what your competitive position is in the marketplace, the, what it's costing you to maintain your warehouse, and what that square footage in the warehouse is costing you. And if that individual item is sitting in your warehouse for a year and a half before it's sold, I mean, I think you bought it too early, mm -hmm. you know, and that's costing you money. Yeah. And that all those changes affect your bottom line. No, that's terrific. That's terrific. In, in the time we have left, Larry, talk about um, some of the things you're seeing today and the problems that business owners are facing today. And, you know, in the last couple of years, we've been through kind of a turbulent economic time. We're going through a period of great inflation now. We're going through a period where there's some supply chain issues. What are some of the, uh, the big financial issues that people are struggling with today that may be different from, say, two or three years ago? Well, I think there's one thing that's always been the same, and that is that some companies are struggling with cash flow, and they need to understand what their cash flow is. If a business owner does not understand what his cash flow is, you know, I'm going to get a call on Wednesday from some business owner that's going to say, Larry, I need your help. You've got to figure out how I'm going to be able to cover payroll on Friday. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you're calling me on Wednesday, I'm not saying we're not going to be able to do it, but it's going to be a lot harder. What I'm seeing happen more than often, more than not, is that business owners have to have a new understanding of what their cost of business is, what their cost of operating their business is, because the cost structure has changed. Not only has inflation affected their cost of acquisition of product or the cost of creating a product, but staffing has created a whole new problem. If you have staff on the production floor, what do you have to pay on an hourly basis for benefits, for their time? Can they work from home? How does that affect your production? What do you have to pay for health insurance benefits? And what does that time off, if they're taking time off, cost you? That whole cost of operation of a business is a big thing. It's not just a matter of taking a look at the payroll number on your spreadsheet or on your income statement and saying, well, payroll's too high, we've got to fire people. I, I mean, that's not the answer. The answer is to figure out what those people are doing and what your costs are and how is that impacting on your overall business. And if you don't understand what your costs are, I mean, you better find out. So I think understanding costs 
is probably one of the biggest things we're facing right now. And that's the question that's being put to us by more of our clients and more of the prospects we talk to. And business owners just call me to say, hey, do you have 10 minutes? I wanted to ask you a question. All right, we're talking with Larry Chester. You can reach him at 224-436-1600, 224-436-1600. His business is CFO Simplified, and you can find them on the web at cfosimplified.com. I'm also going to put his email address down in the show notes so you can reach out to him. Larry, let's talk a little bit about um, the relationship that a business will have with a bank or with a source of financing. I've had a couple of friends who, um, during the pandemic, they got they got PPP money, which was great, but they uh, they they wanted to even get more credit, and they went out and got some of these shorter term, um, not uh, that like the accounts receivable type loans. And I've always been skeptical of those things. They're you know they're the very they're not really classified as loans. They're the cost of the money is very high. In in those types of scenarios, if you need funds in a hurry, you just said it yourself. Hey, somebody calls me on Wednesday. They they need to make payroll on Friday. Most people can think they probably don't, but they can think a little further out than that. And they see uh, you know a seasonal issue coming up, and they call you in the winter now for the spring, and they say, Hey, Larry, you know the second quarter might be a little rough. Talk about what people can do by going to their bank or by finding some sort of uh, source for credit to get them through some sort of a seasonal cash flow crunch. There's a couple of things. First of all, there is such a thing as factoring and purchase order financing. And if you're careful and you deal with reputable people, that can be a good way of short-term financing for your business, but it's expensive. Now, the other side of it is to work with your existing lender to get money. And the issue there is you have to have been in a position where you've been providing your bank with steady, reliable, consistent information going forward. And in that kind of a situation, if you can turn to your bank three months, six months in advance and say, look, I see a shortfall coming up. I've got to be able to buy more inventory. I've got to be able to do this, that, and the other thing. And I'm going to need I'm just going to throw a number out here and you need another $100,000 that's above and beyond what you've normally borrowed. If you turn to your bank and you say, look, this is how much money I'm going to need. This is when I'm going to need it. This is what I'm going to use it for. This is why I need it when I didn't need it in the past. And this is how I'm going to pay you back. And this is how I'm going to make sure that I don't run into this problem in the future again. I have been in this business I was a corporate CFO for 25 years. I've had my consulting practice for 15. Presenting that situation and that story, that scenario to a bank, I have never been turned down to a by a bank in presenting that story to them and being able to get the money that the company needs to be able to operate. Now, if you call a comp if you call your bank on Wednesday and tell them you need fifty thousand dollars to cover payroll on Friday, and you know, Dave, you're laughing, but I had this happen to me. Okay, I'm sure you did. That's why I'm me. laughing because I know I know the guy who's going to make that call tomorrow's Wednesday. I know the guy who's going to make that call tomorrow. <laughs> and and that's tough, okay. And the bank turned it, and I called the bank and said, look, I need some short-term money. And the bank president, I, it was a small bank, I was talking to the president of the company, and he said, absolutely no way. Okay, no way. So I had to find the money elsewhere, and we were able to do it. 
Okay, not saying that we always can, but we were able to do it. I do have some tricks up my sleeve, but the issue is that you want to be able to do cash flow planning that's going to give you a little more freedom than having to worry on Wednesday about what you're going to do to cover payroll on Friday. All right, Larry, I'm going to give you a minute now. I want you to think of three things that people should take away from our time together, three things that you think are important for people to remember. And while you're doing that, I'm going to remind people that we're brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. I talked to you a little bit about the qualified small business tax exemption earlier in the show. I want to talk to you now about straight up business valuation. If you're looking to sell your business or you're looking to buy another business, perhaps merge with someone, you need to know the value of all of those businesses. And what are you going to do? You're going to take somebody's word for it. You're going to try and, you know, lick your finger and stick it in the wind and say, oh, I think my business is worth X. It doesn't work that way. You need somebody to come in and do evaluation on your business, and you need someone who's detached and not emotionally connected to your business to do that. If you're looking to buy a business and someone names a price and you say, okay, let's let look, let's look at your books and let's see if the price you're asking is fair, I would bring someone in to look at those numbers and make sure it makes sense to do that. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors has done this for years. If you need someone to help you with business valuations or if you're involved in a contentious dispute, let's say you're two partners and you're splitting up and the other partner did all the bookkeeping, the other partner handled the finances of the business and he says the business is worth X, you're not really sure, Sandrowski can come in, they can do a business valuation for you and you can be certain that your business is worth what they say it's worth. If you're an attorney and you're representing a party in any of these scenarios, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors can assist you with those services as well. And the really great thing about them is the experts at Sandrowski Corporate Advisors have testified in court hundreds of times. They're not going to wilt under the pressure. They're very good in depositions. They're very good at presenting complex financial information in a way that's easily understandable. It's so easy to understand even a judge can get it. So if you need help with any of these things, give Sandrowski Corporate Advisors a call. They're a CPA firm with a different perspective. Here's the number, 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, as I said, they're a CPA firm with a different perspective. All right. So, Larry, give us the three things. And by the way, we're talking to Larry Chester. You can reach Larry Chester at 224-436-1600, 224-436-1600. Larry, the three things that you think people should take away from our time together. Three things. First is cash flow. Understand your cash flow. Plan for your cash flow so that you know when or whether you're going to run out of money because then you have time to be able to make corrections to be able to get there. Second thing understand your costs. You can't understand whether you're going to be profitable or not unless you understand what costs you have and what those costs are for each and every product that you sell. The third thing is, and we didn't talk about this, but the issue is cash reporting versus accrual reporting. If you are running your financial statements on a cash basis, you're doing it wrong. Okay, any business that's operating should be looking at financial statements on a monthly basis that are accrual basis. Now that doesn't mean you have to file your taxes on, a, on an accrual basis. File your taxes on a cash basis all the time. But that doesn't mean that you should be looking at operating income reports or operating statement reports that are done on a cash basis. Never, ever, 
Okay, Just explain. Yeah, yeah. I need you. I need to get. Now we need to get into this. So explain what a, an accrual basis is versus a cash basis, and why that's so important. Please. Okay, so cash basis judges how your business is operating based on the money flowing through your bank. So if this month you ended up collecting a lot of your accounts receivable, you were highly profitable. If this month you and nobody pay your bills, uh, your invoices, you made no money. Okay, and that has nothing to do with what the reality was. What you need to do is take a look at accrual basis, which means for the invoices that I issued today, what expenses did I have that related to those invoices that I issued today, and what was the net on those, on that revenue less the expenses? That's accrual basis. It's not based on how cash is flowing through your bank. It's based on what money you spent for the services or the products that you provided today. So it's a real, it's a, it's a real snapshot into the profitability of the business because the work was done, the expenses were incurred, and that's how you're figuring out how the business is structured. You know, <laughs> there's some business owners that if they have money in the bank, they're doing a great job. If there's no money in the bank, they're doing well, a terrible job. <laughs> we talk about this all the time, that there are so many business owners that operate by checkbook. You know, they look at their bank balance at the end of the month, and if they've got more money than they had last month, hey, they did better. Better, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, we had one client that was an internet reseller. Okay, they sold computer supplies over the internet, and they got their money within 48 hours because all of their sales were by credit card. But they only paid their bills every 90 days. So once every 90 days, they had a huge loss, and every other month they made a huge profit because they didn't pay any bills. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sorry, they didn't have any understanding of what their profitability was because you should really look at it on an accrual basis, not on how cash is flowing through your checking account. All right, I'm glad I asked you for those last three things because I wouldn't, we wouldn't have covered that last point and that last point was really important. Larry Chester, it was great to have you on. You're a wealth of information. And it, you know, the one thing that I'm taking away from this is if I'm gonna bring in somebody to help me make financial decisions in my business, it better be somebody who's had experience in business in, in order to, take the numbers and really have real world applicability. There's a there's an expression that uh, one of my mentors uses all the time and he says, look, if I'm taking ski lessons from a ski instructor, that guy better be in front of me skiing backwards down the mountain, right? And that's what I want with someone who's going to help me make decisions based on my financials. I want somebody who's already skied down the mountain. I don't want somebody who's read about skiing down the mountain to give me advice. And the person who skied down the mountain previously is you, Larry Chester, and your team. I'm so glad we spoke today. If you need assistance with making financial decisions or you need assistance with ongoing analyzing your financial position or the position of your company, give Larry and his team a call, cfosimplified.com, 224-436-1600, 224-436-1600. Larry, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. I've enjoyed talking to you. All right, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Show. We'll be back here again tomorrow with another great session for you. Until then, my name is Dave Lorenzo, and here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.